You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Hello, people of Earth, and hello, people of the New Japan Pro Wrestling fandom. I'm your good friend, Curtis Spears, back with another Okada Shorts short. Uh, This is not a G-Wondering. This is a RevPro 11th year anniversary show review. Uh, Your bad friend, Rafe Houston, is not going to be on this episode. He is currently at Deathmatch Down Under in Melbourne, Australia. He does not have the uh, time to get on and talk about a show he didn't get to watch, but I went ahead and I reached into the ether of Twitter and I pulled out a uh, a little bit of a superstar here in the uh, the New Japan Wrestling Twitter world. Uh, so let me introduce everyone here to Will Osprey's best friend and TV Asahi's <laughs> worst enemy, Kieran RH. How you doing today, buddy, Kieran? I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad you said TV Asahi's worst enemy. I wouldn't say New Japan superstar. Perhaps New Japan's en- n- number one. Uh, public enemy number one public enemy number one is it let me ask you a question i think i saw this happen the other day did they copyright strike their own material when you retweeted it so no so what they do is like so so obviously you can embed tweets and stuff like embed videos from other accounts on twitter so you can share a new japan world tweet on your own tweet by embedding it and it links back to new japan world but if i do it for old tweets they will now delete their own videos instead Oh so, like, God. if I'm posting a clip from years ago of maybe something cool happened in the G1, G1 years ago, and I embed that video from their own tweet, they will delete their tweet instead of just, like, letting me replug it and then get more views and stuff like that. Bro, what wild. is the Japanese word for petty? Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, it's, it's wild. I, I totally understand, like, not wanting your live stuff clipped and everything. Like, why why pay if you can see it all over Twitter, right? There's an understanding to that, but your old content and stuff i think like surely that's just free publicity but yeah if you've put it out there then maybe you should be okay with people looking at it but you know the fuck do i know yeah exactly (laughs) uh so for those who don't know uh can you tell us a little bit about yourself uh your your villain origin story and how you got into new japan and things like that yeah, so I, I'm Kieran RH at Kieran RH93 on Twitter. Um, I got into New Japan back in 2014, went to my first independent show. Uh, it had guys like Will Ospreay versus Ricochet was on the card, the Young Bucks. Um, but then it was my second independent show. It was Rev Pro, uh, Rev Pro since day one for me. Um, and on that card was Zack Sabre Jr. versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Ooh. And I saw, yeah, I saw Shinsuke Nakamura make his entrance. He had the red leather jacket. He's kicking his legs. He's being the coolest guy in the world. And I was just like, who the hell is this guy? He just, <laughs> you know, that first experience when you see Shinsuke Nakamura and he's just got something about him that no one else does. So I Googled him, what's New Japan and what's this and what's that? And then I just dove in head first, man. And I, I've been a fan ever since. Um, 
but yeah and then on twitter just posting lots of gifs lots of clips like trying to you know i love new japan and i just i, I just post as much as i can about it and it's just often it's not clips because i'll get in trouble <laughs> and a lot of it's um a lot of it is news and like uh insight and things like that i see as well uh i follow a couple of pearl groups on facebook and i always see like i'll be scrolling through facebook and i see kieran's tweets pop up in different groups and i'm like oh, <laughs> that's my boy right there it's all, it's weird i don't like i don't really use facebook aside from a couple of groups to keep up with stuff but for some reason facebook knows i'm a wrestling fan don't know how uh and it will show me like you know facebook's just full of uh, recommendations and stuff like that isn't it and i'll sometimes see my own posts come up on people on like random stuff and i'm like that's kind of weird uh and it's always in like some stupid account, like they say something stupid. And I'm like, don't use my tweet for that. Come on. <laughs> there's there's a one group specifically where I see at least one of your tweets a day uh, from <laughs> usually from a dude named Cordell, who is a really cool, really thoughtful guy. Um, I don't know him personally, but everything I've seen, uh, he's, he's always posting. So Cordell, your number one fan. Uh, shout out friend of the podcast, Cordell. Um, I hope he listens to that. That'd be funny. Just randomly <laughs> listening, going, oh, my God. Uh, so. We're here to talk about Rev Pro's 11th anniversary show. So uh, anyone who is into New Japan, uh, they know that New Japan reaches out to other uh, promotions to do their uh, excursions for their young lions, to send some of their wrestlers out to uh, help them out for bigger shows and things like that. Rev Pro is one where almost every Rev Pro show, you can see at least one New Japan wrestler or a young lion on excursion or something like that. Recently, we've had Yoda Suji was here for a while. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Ren Ren was here for a little bit, right? I think Ren um, had a match or two, but yeah, Suji and Shota Umino had like their entire excursions in the UK. Yeah, and I mean, like that's that's dating all the way back to, I think, from the time Rev Pro started. They've had people coming in and out. Hikaleo was here for a long time. Yeah, and Hikaleo like was that. here on excursion. Yeah, I think like. I don't know if it was their first show, but one of their very first shows, they had Liger on the card, which was obviously a, a huge get at any time in the past 30, 40 years, if you get Liger on your card. Um, That's, yeah, where I got my Liger uh, autograph sitting up on the wall there on <laughs> the pro show. Yeah, no, so, like, they've had the, the relationship with New Japan has been strong for a long time, clearly, and it's only gotten stronger with, like, the Rev Pro British title appearing, you know, Shibata holding it, defending it in Japan, like Osprey, Zack Sabre Jr. It's become a big part of the New Japan uh, legacy. Well, you can definitely talk about some of the uh, Rev Pro heavyweight champions, uh, the the British heavyweight champions that have that have been in uh, New Japan wrestlers. You said Shibata, uh, Okan, Will Osprey, Zack Sabre Jr., Tomohiro Suzuki. Ishii, Minoru Suzuki. Like there, there is a deep, like passionate partnership with Rev Pro, and, and yeah, Rev Pro may not be. Uh, CMLL, and it's definitely not AEW, but it is a great homegrown promotion that we've seen just this past weekend has a very faithful following when they packed 4,000 plus people into the Copper Box Arena, uh, a, a, a building that New Japan has run in the past, and New Japan, I think, pulled almost 8,000 uh, uh, at that arena. Yeah, it sounds about, I'm pretty sure I saw someone say that when people were speculating how much rev pro might uh, how the capacity rev pro might pull i think eight thousand probably sounds about right yeah it was a uh, royal quest one where they had suzuki versus uh, uh okada, okada for the yeah. title uh Ooh. that was the the last new japan show in in england for almost three years and uh now they're uh they've had rev, uh, royal quest two they're coming back next month uh in october for royal quest three 
and very excited to talk about that. We will be in the end. Uh, but let's go ahead and we'll talk about the Refro British, uh, I'm sorry, the Refro 11th anniversary show. And there's, we'll discuss some of the places where it ties into New Japan. And we'll talk about some of the things that New Japan fans might find interesting about RevPro that uh, hasn't quite crossed over yet. Yeah. Uh, so we, we opened up first uh, with the uh, undercard, which was a undisputed British women's title number one contender pre-show battle royal. That's a mouthful. <laughs> uh, so Danny Luna won this. Danny Luna of subculture. Um one over Alexis Falcon, Chantal Jordan, Maya Matthews, Mercedes Blaze. Uh, I can never say Rain's last name. Lever, uh, Leverkusen. That's the one. Lever Leverkusen. Uh, Rio, uh, Sapphire Reed, Sky Blue, and Sky Smith. And Sky Blue uh, from AEW, a very surprise entrance. Everyone was really excited to see her. Um, this was a lot of fun. I'm uh, my my wife's a big Danny Luna fan. I was excited to see Mercedes Blaze back. Uh, she's been out of out of wrestling a little bit, uh, and it was really cool to see her come back. Um, so you're very familiar with a lot of these ladies. You go to every Rev Pro show, right? Or everyone uh, in London. Yeah, I do all the big shows. I certainly don't miss a York Hall show. Um, other shows, it's kind of dependent on the card. Uh, like I'll probably I'm, I'm thinking about doing the the latest two two nine show. Um, it's got Gabe Kidd versus Leon Slater. Uh, I'm potentially Hello. gonna, I'm yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm potentially gonna go to that. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't miss a York Hall show. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, um, do you have any favorites that you saw in this match? I know that like some of them are uh, more established than others. Of course, like Sky Blue is a uh, a wrestler on American TV, but like Sky Smithson, uh, Danny Luna. Um, they're people that are constantly in Rev Pro, uh, constantly making noise there. And um, Maya Matthews is someone who's on the come up. She's kind of like the young lioness yeah. uh, for Rev Pro. Yeah, she she's really she's got a story going on with Alex Windsor following the last York Hall show. Alex Windsor uh, fooling everyone, turning out to be a bit of a baddie and laying out Maya Matthews in the ring post match. Um, obviously, yeah, Sky Blue was awesome. You know, uh, it, to get to that, that was a great moment to really kick this show into gear and let you know this was going to be a big and fun night. Uh, that pop for Sky Blue was fantastic, and yeah, you know, it, I, I, it, 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 it was a fun match, like you said. Um, it was just, I, I'm glad it happened because these women deserve to be on the card. Lots mm -hmm. of them are at every Rev Pro show, you know, week in and week out. Um, and you know, there's not much room for matches outside of the title matches on a Rev Pro show. Um, so yeah, getting these guys on card, it, it was a nice moment for them all. It definitely was. Uh, okay, so we'll move on to the actual card here. Uh, we've got the opening match, the young Dynamo Leon Slater against one half of the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champions, Dan Maloney of the Bullet Club War Dogs. Um, this had a big fight feel to it, eh? Like Leon Slater... Uh, he's got a lot of a lot of noise recently after his match with uh, with Will Ospreay. Uh, he's definitely someone who people need to be on the lookout for because the kid is he's made of magic. He does remind me a lot of of a younger Osprey with the things that he's able to do that can just blow your hair back. And Dan Maloney, who's a Rev Pro staple at this point, he's he's been in Rev Pro for many years with a, with a mini excursion into the WWE system um, coming out with like someone wrapping, uh, wrapping his way yeah. to the ring. 
like coming out looking like an absolute world beater. Uh, it ends in seven minutes and five seconds. Leon Slater beats Dan Maloney. Where do you think this is going? Could we see Leon Slater uh, make some noise like in, in a uh, New Japan ring and like part of maybe like a super junior tag league or something? I think, yeah, I think Leon Slater has all the potential in the world, man. Like the fact he's so good already and it's just like that raw potential of well as well where he's just so he's so amped he's so excitable like you know he's kind of a million miles an hour he probably needs someone to come in and be like you know slow it down a bit sometimes because he's just like he's a kid he's like so young but like the shooting star 450 is just it's beautiful like i i don't know how it's possible but it looks it's one of the prettiest moves you will see in pro wrestling today I was shocked he got a win over Dan Maloney as well. I figured, you know, they, they they had a little bit of a story coming into this as well, which I liked. Um, but yeah, Dan's, you know, he's off to bigger and better things. He's just made his impact debut. Of course, he's going to be back in Japan defending the tag titles alongside Clark Connors. Um, but yeah, Leon Slater is, I think he's, a, a, he's it's, he has to be in New Japan at some point. It has to be. There, there's It's a no-brainer. Like, yeah, Super Junior Tag League would be ideal to get him in. Um, maybe best of the super juniors it's too soon for something like that like you know if a guy like michael oku still isn't making best of the super juniors um but yeah super junior tag league that's a great shot man get him in there i don't know who you're teaming with but you could team him put him with taguchi or whatever just take it stick him with any good guy yeah really uh so so let's talk about the little the bit of the story that they had going into this match um the leon slater and dan maloney used to be friends uh, Slater had a singles match with Will Ospreay. Will uh, was looking for Dan Maloney after he turned on the United Empire, and Will bullied Leon Slater in a fantastic yeah. match. Um, and afterwards, calls out Maloney says, "If I can get to your friends, I can get to you." So Maloney hit him with the Drilla Killer and says, "Then we ain't friends no more." Uh, seemed like he was doing Leon Slater uh, a solid there, I think, to stop the uh, elbows coming down from Will Ospreay. But uh, Leon took offense to it, and they had this uh, this great blow-off match uh, at a huge event for RevPro. Uh, I, I loved it. I was At this point, I was already in my seat rocking. I could see across the aisle where you were at. You were rocking. <laughs> Everybody was feeling it. And um, Leon Slater, I think he reminds me so much of, of young Osprey watching him like that, that sort of awe that you feel you felt watching Will Osprey in like 2017. I think I feel I feel that when I see Leon Slater. Yeah, and I think the good thing is, is that there is now a Will Osprey who's taken the, the kind of didn't take an easy path. He's got himself into shit. He said stupid shit. He's done stupid shit. He had, you know, said it on AEW Dynamite recently. Chris Jericho gave him a call and said, you need to pump the brakes a little bit. And, you know, Osprey can now be that person for this next generation. You know, he's taking Callum Newman to Japan. Uh, you know, he's like you said, Leon Slater is just the potential is unbelievable. Like Will Ospreay, he's very reminiscent of Will Ospreay. And Will Ospreay can lead these guys. And I think that was the same with uh, didn't Will, Will face like uh, Nick Wayne, maybe something like that last year. Uh, yes. And, yeah, he did. and again, like it's one of those like Will can now be a mentor for these guys, which is crazy to think when we, we think about the stupidity of a younger Will Ospreay. Oh, uh, but now, but now to see him now, it's just, it's so heartwarming to know just how much of a responsible adult he's become. You know, he, he's a stepdad now, as he said on dynamite. Uh, he's a, yeah. Stepdad to a four-year-old kid and a, evidently a whole gaggle of like 18 year olds. <laughs> yeah. <to> be superstars. <laughs> 
it's it's wild to think that some of these guys might have grown up watching Will Ospreay. Yeah. And at that point, it, I feel like my bones turned to dust and I got <laughs> snapped into Eternium. All right. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the next match, which was the RevPro Undisputed British Cruiserweight Six-Way Scramble Match. Woo, there's a lot of words in these in these uh, coming yeah. up here. Uh, so this was the champion Connor Mills defeating Callum Newman, the uh, United Empire Young Lion, Jordan Brakes, Robbie X, Shaw Samuels, and Wild Boar. I didn't know Shaw Samuels was a cruiserweight. He's like, not a cruiserweight. So thick. Never in a million years is Shaw Samuels a fucking cruiserweight. No, way. <laughs> no chance. Um, so uh, this this was a lot of fun. Another match that can get people like rocking right away. Um, Callum Newman came out, you know, with his official uh, United Empire entrance, which was yeah. really cool. Uh, people seem to be going shit house for Wild Boar. He was a lot of fun to watch. Just a, a tiny, thick man throwing people around and being an absolute like, m- like madman. He's just got um, big like dwarf Lord of the Rings vibes to him. Oh, I love absolutely. Uh, the the guy next to me was I. It was someone I didn't know. He's sitting next to me and he goes. He goes, that guy's come straight out of the Mines of Moria. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, Robbie X, the former champion who was beaten by Connor Mills. Uh, Robbie X has been on TV uh, with, um, oh, what was it? World of Sport when they did the World of Sport revamp. Uh, so I, that was I, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's uh, really gotten himself into great shape recently. He's looking slim. He's looking fast. Uh, really like him. And Jordan Brakes. One of those people that since I've come into the world of uh, the British wrestling scene, he was at the first uh, show that I ever went to, uh, which was a battle pro show uh, in like 2018. Um, so I followed his career with great interest. Uh, all of these guys, I mean, Connor Mills was on that show as well um, as Michael Oku, the current um, uh, cha- uh, ref pro champion is. Uh, all of these guys are people that I've seen so many times. And it was really fun to see them kind of interact. I don't think there was a lot of New Japan flavor in this one uh, outside of Callum Newman. But um, I do kind of wonder how some of these guys haven't made more of themselves. Um, Jordan Brakes like, seems to have something a good connection with the fans. Um, Connor Mills in his new evil um, like heel persona I think has a lot of fun. Uh, times ahead but uh yeah callum newman big things going can you talk to us about callum newman a little bit yeah i think it's kind of wild to me that he is going to japan like uh, to be uh, perhaps a bit harsh i feel like that's a bit too soon like i like him but i think he's he he could slot into like you could replace him with any other flippy guy to an extent i feel Mm. like he's flippy guy number 125 like but i always say as well i think when you like I'm sure you've experienced as well, Curtis. When you see a guy you've watched on the UK scene for so long and they get that one tour of Japan under the belt and then they come back, the the, the evolution is incredible. Just how they seem more confident in the ring, how much they've improved. Like Alex Windsor winning oh, the title against Makito and TJPW. She comes back to Pro Wrestling Eve. She just looks so much better. Riho got a tour of, uh, done some TJPW shows as well. They just seem like, just, just it, it just does a world of good for them, but I suppose it's wrestling twenty four seven there. Like you know, they're in the dojo, they're training. It's different, so I think it could do a world of good for Callum Newman. And at the end of the day, Will Osprey obviously likes him. Will Osprey seems sees something good in him. Otherwise, he doesn't invite him into the Iron Empire. He doesn't work to get this kid over to Japan. So 
you know, I'm I'm very ready to be proved wrong here. Like, uh, I want obviously I want Cal Newman to do good, but Jordan breaks for me, man. He's the one in this match. Like, oh, he's so much fun. I'm jealous of the fact that you've been watching him for so many years. My first exposure to him was the Revolution Rumble earlier this year. Where, really? Yeah, like uh, that. I, I maybe I'd seen him somewhere else, and I just wasn't aware of it. Maybe I don't know, but he had that face off in the Revolution Rumble with Zack Sabre Jr. And it was like watching Zack Sabre Jr. wrestle himself. It really I was, is. I was like, this is incredible. And then they had that singles match at York Hall as well. Um, I, I can't remember what it Oh, Epic Encounter. Yeah, Zack Sabre mm-hmm. Jr. Jordan Break. And again, it was literally like the second coming of Zack Sabre Jr. It's like he's wrestling a mirror version of himself. And I've said it time and time again. I think Zack Sabre Jr. is the best wrestler in the world. Yeah. Like, So to see Jordan Breaks be on Zack's level, to be one-upping Zack, to be doing this technical stuff... I, I, I've instantly fallen in love with Jordan Brakes, man. I am so ready and rooting for this guy to explode and do well. And it's just so different to see a cruiserweight who's, yeah, he's, I mean, he's fast, but he's not lightning quick like some of these guys. Yeah, he, he can, you know, move well around the ring, but he's not doing it on his head. He's doing it with his head. He's doing it by grabbing a hold turning you around and tying you in a knot, just like Zack Sabre Jr. used to do. That's a, a, a great comparison. Um, yeah, I think he's a ton of fun to watch. You can really see what the crowd, uh, they get behind him, but yeah. they get behind him in a weird way where they they just really like sit and they watch and they yeah. stare intently and they study what he's doing because he's a ton of fun to watch. I think as well, like, to, I, to get ahead of myself a bit here, but like, that's why I'm excited about Kose Fujita once he leaves his excursion and goes back because he will be a junior. And New Japan scene does not have a technical junior. He's going to stand out and he's going to be so exciting in that division, just tying people up in knots. Like a young, a junior version of Zack Sabre Jr. in the New Japan Junior Heavyweight Division. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, he's, I, Fuji, and we'll, we'll use this as a jumping point to our next match, which was JJ Gale defeating Koje, Kose Fujita uh, in nine minutes and four seconds. Fujita reminded me a lot in this uh, moment as like a, like a young Shohei Otani. Uh, I'm not sure how far you've gone back into the to the New Japan uh, archives and watched Shohei Otani matches, but like he's got that same sort of build, he's got that same sort of dynamism, he's got that same sort of like eye of the tiger mentality. It just reminded me a lot of seeing something like that. And if if he's half of what Shohei Otani is, uh, he's going to be huge. So it was really fun to see him right now as he takes his first step. I think this was was what second third match uh, on excursion. You know, like this was his yeah. first match in England. Uh, it's uh, he's a he's a baby. He's a baby going into the world, and it was so cool to see. Yeah, I, I'm such a big fan of him. Like what they've done, putting him into TMDK as a young lion, having Zach training him mid match, like Kose Fuchsia's locking on a, a a wrist lock, and Zach's like, "No, tag me in. I'll show you how to do it." And then Kose Fuchsia's studying from the ring apron, like fantastic. Um, and yeah, I think that there's all the potential in the world for him. He looks like a stud as well. So handsome. He's chiseled to hell. Um, he's got everything going for him, man. Like, I'm so excited for him to, like, as well, having an Australian excursion. That's never happened before. That's really cool. Yeah, like, it's very cool. He, he might pick up and come back different to any other young lion. He's going to pick up a few tricks that no one else has before. Well, I mean, right now training with, I mean, you want to talk about someone that you can train as a uh, a junior uh, tying people in knots he's down there with robbie eagles right now dude yeah like study study from the master the limb reaper yep. robbie eagles <laughs> absolutely chef's kiss um 
I'm not impressed with JJ Gale. I I mean, he's you said that you think Callum Newman is like flippy guy number one. That's JJ JJ Gale to me. Um, there's a couple of people on this card that have never impressed me. Uh, we'll get to it, but yeah, I think um, JJ Gale for what he is had a good uh, he had a good showing here. But I think um, my my sentiments about JJ Gale are can be summed up by what Zach said. JJ came out, he challenged Zach to a match, and Zach said, nah, I'm going to give you my young lion. And uh, I think that was ultimately fair. <laughs> yeah, they, they're clearly, I, I imagine from this win, JJ goes on to face Zach Sabre Jr. But yeah, I agree, it's not a match I'm looking forward to. I'm surprised JJ Gale has been pushed this hard by Red Pro because I, what, a year ago, maybe even six months ago, he was like a, a Red Pro contender, the equivalent to a New Japan Young Lion. Um, and now, yeah, he's being put into a story with Zack Sabre Jr., which I'm sure many independent wrestlers on the UK scene would kill to get into the ring with Zack Sabre Jr. in a singles match, let alone have a story built over multiple shows with Zack Sabre Jr. building to that match. But yeah, I, th- I think JJ Gow's very, he's just very fine. He's not hes not aggressively good. He's not aggressively bad. Um, and I suppose being fine is a, isn't a great thing in wrestling. You know, you even want people to remember you because... You're doing like you know maybe you're maybe you're so bad on purpose that people remember you or maybe you're just so great but he's he doesn't uh, get uh, any attention either way I don't feel yeah I think there's um we'll, we'll we'll maybe we can see something different from him uh in this evolution and we can yeah. see you know where he goes from here he is still a young guy he's got plenty of room to grow and they're putting a lot of faith in him so you know we'll see um the next match let's go. You Ooh. went shit house. <laughs> okay. So okay. First out come the war dogs, David Finley and Gabe Kidd with Ghetto. We get to see the leader of Bullet Club and David Finley. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's true. Then we all get to chant ELP over and over and over and over again as the song tells us to do. And then finally the strings start. Finally. Oh my goodness. I've never seen I've never seen Shibata live. Um he wasn't he wasn't wrestling in Rev Pro when I finally when I got here and, and figured, found out about it. But um man, that was a thing. That was a oh, it was a thing, wasn't it? Uh, the just moment. Like, yeah, the cheers for him before he was coming out and everything, just like the two biggest pops of the night were Will Ospreay's entrance and there's Katsuri Shibata entrance over the Chris Jericho appearance, I think. Um but yeah, man, like I could, I'd, I'd chew anyone's ear off speaking about Shibata forever. I'm my favorite wrestler bar none. Uh, so yeah, like, you know, the fact that I get to watch him wrestle again and the fact that Rev Pro brought him over, I'm just so, so, so grateful they brought that man over for this match. How, how sad do you feel knowing that he is like currently ROH contracted wrestler, wrestler Katsuyori Shibata instead of New Japan wrestler Katsuyori Shibata. What is the, like it's, in your heart of hearts? It's a difficult one because like, obviously you shouldn't take it for granted. Like the fact that, you know, the man is lucky to be alive, let alone to be healthy, let alone to be walking, let alone to be fucking wrestling. Like I don't want to wanna... level he's wrestling. Exactly. Like I don't want to, you know look a gift horse in the mouth like it's a privilege and we're lucky and the fact that tony khan is letting him wrestle regularly like you know he wrestled a ref pro and then he's wrestling at all out and he's having often appearances on ring of honor shows and every ring of honor pay-per-view 
and the pure division works for him. Like as much as Katz Yorishibata would love to headbutt and you know knock people's heads off with a forearm, he's a technical boy too. He always has been. He loves his submissions. You know, he tried out MMA and stuff like that. Um, so it, him being, I, like, I'm always going to prefer he's in the pure division, having these Ring of Honor matches, then not wrestling at all, then knowing he could wrestle and he's not. At least Tony Khan has given him that platform. So, of course, I, I wish it was full-blooded Shibata and he was in the New Japan ring and he was knocking people's heads off. But I think there's always going to be that bit of fear as well and trepidation of, you know, you just never... Where anytime he takes a nasty blow, it's always going to seem so much worse when it's happening to him than any other wrestler. Yeah, that is scary. I mean, when you when you see what head injuries can do to your favorite sports uh, heroes and things like that, uh, I was watching a documentary about concussions in the in the uh, National Hockey League the other day, and about the the way mistreated concussions ruin the career of a generational talent of uh, Eric Lindros, uh, who was a player in the early two thousands. Um, it is scary, and like it wasn't a concussion when um, you know Shibata went down. It was a subdural hematoma, which is light years worse. But like any head injury, is just absolutely pants shittingly terrifying so yeah i mean when that happened you know if you had told me in a few years i'd be able to watch him back in a red pro ring in the uk again i you know we all would have taken that we all would have taken seeing him back in the ring in, in any way shape or form so yeah i'm not I, i'm just happy to get to see him and you know got got to meet him at the red pro meeting group yeah, it really was. Really, really was great to see him. And uh, El Fantasmo coming out, you know, saying, I'm finally back home. I mean, he is a Canadian fella, but yeah, he cut his teeth here. So he's adopted British at this point, man. He, yeah, he cut his teeth on the Rev Pro, man. He got his big break because of Rev Pro. And we loved him in Rev Pro. He was a baby face back in Rev Pro. He'd come out with the sunglasses on, like the glasses, and they'd be lighting up, and you'd have people in the front row doing the same. Uh, the dude was so wildly popular in Rev Pro. It was a great homecoming for him as well. Yeah, great, great match, great moment, and um, good feelings all around, eh? So uh, let's go to the next match. Zack Sabre Jr. defeats Ricky Knight Jr. Battle of the Junior. Zack gets to keep the Junior at the end of his name. Uh, this match, for me, was one of my favorites of the night. I mean, I think Wrestler Observer gave it like four and a half, but um, I don't care about Ricky Knight. <laughs> I, I think Ricky Knight Jr., just like you said, I, I call him uh, create a wrestler number 30. You know, he's just like that default guy. Every move he does is someone else's signature move that he's just doing it because he thinks it looks cool. Um, his his gear is uh, very plain. Like, it, there's nothing special about it. Uh, he comes, he's got red trunks and a green jacket. Like, can you not color coordinate a little bit here, dude? <laughs> Uh, I just, everything about him, I look at him and I just go, oh my God, this guy again, he looks like, he looks like uh, when you're, you know, 16 and you're like, if I was a wrestler, I'd be so fucking cool and I'd look like that guy, but it doesn't do it for me. I, I, I think he's got, he's got talent. He's definitely the, the British Randy Orton, but like, I didn't like Randy Orton either. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm on the same boat here. Create or create a wrestler is actually the perfect description for him. Uh, people adore him at rev pro shows and it's always kind of bewildered me a bit um i have grown to like him a bit more uh in recent matches and stuff in recent appearances um but yeah he he really there isn't i don't know how you would describe a ricky knight jr to someone who hadn't seen him wrestle before he doesn't have a defining feature 
He's not yeah. he's not a technical guy like Zack Sabre Jr. He's not a you know a flying guy like Will Ospreay. He's not a superstar in the making like Leon Slater. Uh, no, yeah. there's no power to him. It's just there's, it's yeah, he is just kind of there. But you know the people love him and he is capable in the ring. I think he does just need. He's never going to be the leader in a match. He needs someone to help him out. The Will Ospreay title match, great match. Like you said, against Zack Sabre Jr., great match. But he's in there with two veterans, essentially, um, who can help lead the way and make that match great. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, Yeah, Zack Sabre Jr., I finally came out with the New Japan World TV belt. Uh, He hasn't brought those (laughs) to the other other shows that he's been on this year. So uh, I was excited to see the belt in person. yeah, I mean, how much how much do the people love Zack Sabre Jr.? <laughs> like I I like I said my that, I think he's the best wrestler in the world. You know, Will Ospreay certainly has, you know, the past month, everything that he's done, the Kenny Omega, the Okada, the Jericho, the Shingo. Uh, you know, I think the fact is fact Will Ospreay's got a more global appeal, whereas Zack Sabre Jr.'s is much more nuanced than it is just New Japan. Um, but given New Japan is my is the match I, is the is the promotion I love most, I'm seeing everything Zack does, so which is why I think he's the best in the world. But yeah, no, Zach is Rev Pro's boy through and through, man. You know, ha- been champion a few times when he comes back after a big, you know, the, those years without Zach J. Jr. were really, you really felt it. And then when he finally came back after the pandemic, uh, it was like he was never gone. Um, absolutely loved the man endlessly. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, one of my one of my wife's favorite wrestlers. One of same my, my fiance. She is he is my fiance's favorite wrestler. She was so excited to meet him again. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, my my wife, uh, after Epic Encounter, uh, a couple of weeks ago, she she uh, asked me to get her a Zack Sabre Jr. t-shirt, so I got her the Clarky Cat t-shirt from RevPro. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it matches my uh, Hurrah Another Year shirt, yeah. so that was fun. <laughs> um, so, great to see Zack Sabre Jr. back. Ricky Knight Jr., kind of a dud, but the match was good. Let's go ahead and move on to the RevPro Undisputed British Tag Team title match subculture flash morgan webster and, and mark andrews with danny luna uh defeat the velocities uh that was cool to see the velocities uh in person i've never uh never actually gotten to sit down and see them live uh they're australian i believe yep yep yep, yep. couple of Aussies. yeah they've uh i've heard a lot about them i've you know dipped my toe into the australian scene of course rafe uh from from the show is australian so he's got a lot more um He's got a lot more sense of that uh, that that scene, but uh, it was really cool to see. I'm I'm not a fan uh, so much of everyone going 110, percent everyone doing all the flips all the time. I like to have a little variety, but uh, yeah, it seemed like everyone was really into it. Uh, I did have friends of mine sending me uh, clips of this of the of this match specifically, going, "Oh, that was a cool move. That was a cool move." Um, but sitting there, it kind of felt like this was the one that we were we were waiting for the next match because we all knew yes. that was going to be the banger yeah i think this match like the, the, the live crowd didn't seem very invested in it uh they didn't really have any reason to it it was just a thrown together match at the end of the day there wasn't any build there wasn't any new japan talent on there the majority of the people in the crowd had probably never heard of the velocities before um i do think they are incredible like yeah they are very much flippy dudes but they're creative like they do stuff you've probably never seen before um, I absolutely love the velocities. They they uh, they 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 are awesome. They deserve a, a break somewhere like them in Super Junior Tag League. Uh, makes total sense. They're already an actual tag team. Um, but yeah, I love velocities. I don't have much care for Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews as a team. Uh, I think Mark Andrews is fantastic, but I couldn't care less about Flash Morgan Webster. 
but yeah, it, I, I think it was a good match. I think as it as it was getting towards the end, I was kind of like I had zoned out myself, and I was like, this has actually been a really good match. It deserved it, it deserved a bit more attention than I'd given it. Uh, they really went out there and busted their asses, but they yeah, really did. It was it was a match that no one was going to re- be very invested in. So this is this is going to sound like a shithead thing for me to say, but I was sitting between two people I didn't know. Uh, one man on the side of me was a very large man, a mountain of a man. The person, the other person on my left was someone who was very, very stinky. Oh, very dude. stinky. It's a, some <laughs> some dude came and stood next to me for someone's entrance, and I, I literally I was having to face the other way entirely. I could feel oh. the heat and smell radiating off oh, of this dude, it was man. So, and I'd never this, experienced anything like it in my life. That person got up and like left during this match, and I that was the only time I could oh, fully breathe. <laughs> you know? So I was I was not paying as much attention as I should because I was busy catching my breath. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the next match, which was a lot of people saying the best match of the weekend. Uh, which was Tomohiro Ishii defeating Luke Jacobs in 17 minutes and 58 seconds. This was a fucking banger, eh? I'm going to be controversial here, Curtis, man. Whoa, no, no, no. I know, I know. I'm sorry. This isn't what you brought me on here for. But look, I think it was just Ishii match. It's, 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 it was Ishii 101. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And I think at this, if you've not seen Ishii before, if Ishii is your favorite wrestler, this is the best match of the weekend. This is one of the matches of the year. And I love Luke Jacobs and I love Tommy Rishi, but I knew exactly what this match was going to be. And the, the live crowd absolutely went bonkers for it. And it makes me sad that I didn't. Like, I wish I had enjoyed it as much as everyone else. <laughs> like, I feel like I've just been a bit of a, like, you know, I'm being a bit of a negative for no reason. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just didn't really do anything for me. Like, as well, I, I, I've i got kind of a... Uh, like I'm not massive fan of kickouts at one, like late in the match, right. and I just knew at one point I don't know who I they they but they they done it once each at some point like Ishi done a move to Luke Jacobs and I just leaned over to my fiance Hazel I didn't say anything I just leaned over in front of her and I put up my finger I just put up one finger in front of her and then he goes for the pin kicks out at one mm. like two minutes later I done it again leaned over stuck up one finger kicked out of one i didn't do it any other time i got them both bang on but i don't enjoy that i don't want to you know because we we, because we're such big wrestling fans and we kind of like almost study it like it makes me appreciate when it goes off the normal i can really get invested and forget that like i really enjoy like just get invested in the match the story everything that's happening that's the stuff i love so when i can like be like i know exactly what's going to happen it really takes me out of it but that's definitely me like being on an island because everyone else loves this and everyone else is definitely right and i'm in the wrong i i'm fully aware of that well uh, okay so let's do it this way what's your favorite like fast food restaurant burger king mackey's uh, subway yeah like kfc maybe kfc okay so the way i put it is uh i like subway you know oh hell is a kitty time it's kitty time yeah Kieran, kieran's kitty's in the way <laughs> um what is your cat's name uh that one is tom tom and tom, the, kit- tom? the kitten is asleep oh. yeah so Kind of by proxy, Tom Tom issue. Oh, coincidentally, good time, and that's why he came over. He heard us talking about issue, and he was like, "Oh, they're talking about me." Yeah, <laughs> um, and that has been the kitty corner here on the uh, Okada Shorts Wrestling Program. <laughs> um, so my favorite is Subway. I like to, uh, and and if if we want to change this for KFC, we can definitely do that. Ishii matches are like when you're at work 
you go to you go to Subway, you go to KFC on your lunch break twice a week, three times a week, you get the same thing. Yep. And it tastes good every time. But it's not necessarily the best. It's definitely not five star dining, but like you still get it twice a week because it tastes good and you know exactly what you're going to get. I get the exact same uh, thing every time and I love it every time, but it's, it's definitely not the best thing in the world. But the thing is as well, it's like, I think he, like he had this exact same match with Eddie Kingston in the G1. And for some reason I loved that match and I thought it was tremendous, but then he had a similar match against probably Hanare and Shingo. And I wasn't such a big fan of those matches. I don't know. I could I couldn't tell you why I like some issue matches and why some issue matches I'm like this was just another issue match where some of them stand out. But this one was certainly a standout for everyone. Like yeah, uh, I the match of the weekend applaud it certainly seemed deserved. Yeah, I, I loved it. Uh, so I'm I'm a I'm a big uh, Luke Jacobs guy. The first I time I saw him, him oh. was I think Royal Quest two. Uh, he was there was part of a tag to the Northwest Strong Tag Team. Yep. Um. Yeah, I was. I I don't even know his partner's name. I was all so impressed with Luke Jacobs. <laughs> poor poor Reefan Allen. He got injured, and Luke Jacobs is a shot into stardom. Oh, I, so seeing him, uh, I believe was an epic encounter where he beat he beat Tom Lawler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, great moment, great moment for him. A great match. I had tons tons of fun watching that one. So there's a little uh, New Japan connection there. So seeing him uh, beat Tom Lawler seeing him take Ishii to the limit in what a lot of people are calling the best match of the weekend and knowing that he wants to work in new Japan, like let's fucking go. eh? let like he is, I would just, if like to say, how would you describe RKJ and we couldn't, I think there's a very easy way to describe Luke Jacobs. He is the, he's (laughs) that, but he is the white Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah. Oh yeah. We can call him that. He, they're gonna. He's gonna stand up. He's gonna chop. He's gonna forearm. He's gonna brainbuster. He's gonna. He is literally. He even like has the hoisted up pants. Like I love that mm-hmm. look on a wrestler. By the way, it's awesome. But yeah, no, like you, I, I think Luke Jake is one of the best things we've got going on the UK independent scene at the moment. Um, I wonder if they could get away with shoehorning him into a best of super juniors because he's not a tall guy. But you know, it depends. Like, you know, when Shingo if, Ishii, isn't if, if they if they can make Shingo a junior, they can make anyone a junior. That's the truth. Yeah. We we can kayfabe the scale. No big <laughs> yeah. Deal. Uh yeah, I th- I think that was after Epic Encounter uh describing the match to to Rafe, I called him uh Baby Valter. And I think that's probably the, the best baby Gunter now. Uh yeah. 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 <laughs> that's that's what I would call him. The the kid is he's fun and that that moment when uh he's he's beating down Ishii and Ishii fires up and he's like, All right, come on, we'll get down. He keeps beating down Ishii and Ishii fires up and he just looks around and goes, Oh fuck, man. Yeah, like the bit in the, <laughs> the bit in the corner, Ishii puts his arms on both the corner ropes and Luke Jake's trying to forearm out. He's just looking around at the crowd like, What the hell am I meant to do? Yeah. <laughs> Worse. What Jesus. I think at that point he knew he yeah. fucked up. Uh, <laughs> so uh going on to the Refro Undisputed British Women's Title three-way match. Alex Windsor defeats Hyann and Mickey James, the uh, hardcore country legend Mickey James, women's wrestling uh, former women's wrestling champion um, on so many different uh, yep. so many different promotions. This match was it was good, and I think the fans really disrespected the wrestlers oh, a man. lot during it. Oh man, the like literally the whole 
match. No exaggeration, the hardcore country from one group of people, hardcore country repeated back from another group of people. It was impossible to pay attention to this match as a fan in the crowd. You were just wishing these dudes would shut the hell up. It... Yeah, I had two dudes right in front of me chanting hardcore country every every you know four seconds or whatever it was for 15 minutes and 34 seconds. Yeah, it really it just made the match impossible to watch. Clearly, the like you know, you could see Alex trying to get the crowd back, like doing heelish stuff. Um, and it, it just wouldn't work. Like I, I felt awful for them. Like, I think Hyan is fantastic. Yep. Um, she was in the fatal, was it a triple threat or a four-way match at the last show, Epic Encounter? Um yes. what, whatever it was, like she was fantastic in that. She really shone bright. Uh, she was great in this. Um, but yeah, they they just they could not get going. The crowd would not let them get going. And I, I get it, like being excited to see someone like Mickey James in you know in your local home promotion. Uh, and you could tell that at first she was really digging it. People she's like, Oh shit, they yeah. like me here. And then it was like, oh no, they're not laughing with me. You know, they're 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 kind of making fun of the moment, which is really shitty. So um I I I think that maybe London owes an apology to Mickey James and Hyann and Alex Windsor for that point. Yeah, I agree, man. They, they they were in that match for sure. Okay, so let's go on to Michael Oku with Amira, the OJMO Michael Oku defeating Trent Seven with Levi Muir in 19 minutes and 59 seconds. Uh, so I love Michael Oku. Yep. Huge Michael Oku nerd. The, the very first show I ever went to in England, the very first face I ever saw when I got into the venue was Michael Oku. He was there. He was the one that checked my ticket when I went in. He showed <laughs> me where the seat was. Like, I love Michael Oku. Uh, my wife's uh, favorite, like favorite British wrestler. Uh, the guy that she loves seeing the most on the scene is Michael Oku. She constantly tells anyone who's listens, Oh, he fell on me at this one. And <laughs> one event and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I've seen so many matches of his, of course, like there's no way to say that I've seen all of them because the dude travels everywhere to do everything. He's um, absolutely fantastic. As far as being a baby face in peril, I think he, there's no one that does it better. He's got mountains of charisma. Um, he's great at being a cocky heel. He's great at having uh, these matches where he can just get beaten the fuck down for 15 minutes and then come back and pull out a victory at the last minute that will have you just cheering your fucking socks off. And yet this one didn't do it for me. I don't know oh, what... Wow. I don't know what didn't stir the fucking sauce for me. I don't know if it was because it was a plunder match and maybe it was because it was 20 minutes and it should have maybe been 15. Uh, there was a lot of spots where like they would set up the table and then there was a lot of milling around, yeah. like figuring out what to do. I just wasn't feeling it. I think, it, you know, something about the night, something about the the matches that had come before it the matches that were coming after it i don't know man i i it didn't do it for me i love michael oku with all my heart i think trent seven's entertaining as shit levi Miro is making me laugh uh i, I just i couldn't deal it i, I didn't dig it dude, levi Muir is intimidating as hell that dude yeah, he the shape that man is in is yeah. one of the best in the whole of the wrestling world it's it is unbelievable. Um, but yeah, no, I certainly get your point. Like, I think overbooked is the, the the simple way of saying it. Like, there was certainly a lot going on that didn't need to be going on. But like you said, Oku there's, is the perfect underdog. And he kind of has to be because he isn't a big dude. He's not going to make anyone believe 
he's the strong champion. He's going to dominate people. He's always got a fight from underneath and he does it so well. So it works out brilliantly. Um, I think like it certainly had its moments. Like Amira getting put through the table was outrageous. Like in the big ball gown, red dress, Trent having to jump from the apron to reach the table. Like it wasn't set up right next to the ring uh, was amazing. But again, it's kind of like if you're a pro fan, you've seen Amira be in peril and then Michael Oku react appropriately because his partner, fiance, wife, I don't know what the story is, um, but his his uh, his partner, you know, has just taken a move she shouldn't have taken and Michael Oku retaliates in force. I think we see it, the Will Ospreay match, of course, probably the best match of Michael Oku's career happened there um, and it worked a million times better there. Michael Oku was like he was shy out of a cannon and, and absolutely went after Will. Um, but I'm kind of like, you know, Michael Oku gets his title. He gets the big moment in Cockbox. He finally gets the horse start and he deserves it. He's been such a hallmark of Rev Pro uh, these past few years. Uh, the post-match, yikes. Uh, yeah, that was very awkward. Spike Trevay, um, I'm not a huge fan. So like when he popped up, I was like, oh, okay. My, Spike Trevay versus, you know, Michael Oku will be pretty cool. And then he, they, they, so they're playing the, the video package of Spike Trevay and everyone's like, I, think every, I think everyone held their fucking breath when those Ravens and it oh like, my god I went, remember me not. and all this stuff I was like oh, oh my no. god they could not be doing this they're it not that be. thick the, the, yeah the the former IWGP junior heavyweight champion that shall not be named um yeah we we all kind of held our breath in terror for that one but then it was Spike Trevay it's okay it's all right and um yeah so then he pops up in the in the ring behind oku and just kind of stands there for a few minutes like like nothing really happened standing there menacingly Ooh, yeah. <laughs> i'm in your head i'm in your head it's like yeah okay yeah i, I just <laughs> didn't didn't do it for me um no i i think yeah the the plunder match maybe it would have gone off a little bit better if we just if we hadn't just seen him win the belt with almost that exact same match against yeah. okan uh, there was a lot of plunder, a lot of walk and brawl going off yeah. with Ocon there. It, again, as well, you had the whole thing of Gideon got involved in the last one and Amira made the save. And then, you know, Levi Mule was going to get involved and Amira made the save. Like, it, it was kind of, that's actually a really great point. It was kind of repetitive of the last time match. Yeah. And I and I like Ocon a lot more than I like Trent Seven. So, yeah. yeah. I love well, Trent Seven, to be fair. I, I do too. Um, but yeah, it didn't do it for me. I do. I love Michael Oku, and I I love to see the the level of competition that they can bring in uh, to have him against the like the um, the the level of heel wrestlers that he could go up against at this point. Now it's pretty mouth watering because, like you said, he's 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 an ultimate underdog, and he's a fantastic baby face who can fight from underneath like nobody else. So let's see. Uh, I'm I'm not. Not holding my breath for Spike Trevay, but we'll see. Oh, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that one. <laughs> and uh, then finally for the night, Will Ospreay and Shingo Takagi in London. Hey, how about it? Oh, my That's God. Wild, isn't it, man? Like, it got the big old five stars from Uncle Meltzer. You know, they've had these six singles matches now, two of them five stars, and the other four were above five stars. Uh, it's a, it, you know, we all must just love getting into the ring with Shingo. It's clearly, mm. clearly it was a case of, you know, Will, who do you want to wrestle at the Red for Anniversary show? Who's going to put bums in seats? Who can you put a banger or a match with? And Will was like, let's get Shingo over here for the first time. Well, let's yeah. get Shingo over to London for the first time, sorry. Um, which is wild, uh, considering the Red Pro connection. 
Um, but yeah, it, it it was Shingo versus Will. I think it was probably the weakest of the lot, but the weakest Shingo versus Will match is still better than the be- uh, the best of lots of other people. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was having a discussion with a friend of mine the other day. He's a big AEW fan, and he uh, he had said something about how he considers uh, Orange Cassidy the wrestler of the year because he's exceeded expectations. And I said, uh, okay, Will Ospreay exists, guy. Like, <laughs> he is he is on planet Earth. And uh, he says, oh, but Will Ospreay, he set the bar so high, and, and he's meeting it. He's meeting it every time. But Cassidy exceeded expectations. And I said, okay, exceeding expectations is one thing. But when you set the bar at five-star or better and constantly hit that over, and over again, he got a four and a quarter match out of Chris Jericho. <laughs> he drugged Chris Jericho kicking and screaming from a gentleman's three, like all the way up to like a four and a quarter match. The, like the guy's otherworldly. I think he's he's a, he's a mutant. He's a freak. I think the big difference as well. I, I, I certainly hear the Orange Cassidy remark too about being wrestler of the year. Orange Cassidy for me, like, look, I don't watch AEW before we get into it. I was at all in. I, I was at all in. I keep up with it through Twitter. Reddit stuff like that, but I've never, I've, I've not watched a Dynamite show in years. Uh, I've not watched Pay in years, other than All In, of course. Um, but yeah, I think the from what I gather about Osprey, uh, Orange Cassidy though, is it's quality over, it's quantity over quality. The dude is up to what his thirty third defense, I think I saw against John Moxley at All Out. Like, how many of those matches do people remember, and how many of those matches, you know, four star above, five star above, whatever you bent, like, you know, however you rank stuff. Whereas Osprey, I think you can pretty quickly say you got the Kenny Omega back to back, you got the Tetsuya Naito match, you got the Okada match, the ELP match in the G1, um, you know the Shingo match now, the Chris Jericho match. He might not have the quantity that Orange Cassidy had, but the quality is far outweighs anyone else this year. Yeah, it's it's that scene in uh, SpongeBob where Neptune is making a million Krabby Patties, and SpongeBob makes yes. just the one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That is yeah. the per- the perfect analogy. And as well, I think, like I said about Zack Sabre Jr., Will Ospreay is doing it everywhere. Everywhere. He's, he's done it in AEW. He's done it in New Japan. He's done it on the British scene. Dude's going to show up on Impact. He's probably put on bangers on independence that I'm not even aware of. Uh, he's doing it in Rev Pro. He is t- he's doing it worldwide, whereas Orange Cassidy is doing it on Wednesday nights. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's probably the problem, is that Will Ospreay doesn't have the eyes on him and and maybe that leads to will osprey don't don't say it i, don't I know it. i know i don't want to put that evil into the universe i'm so <laughs> sorry i'm so sorry but we have to start preparing ourselves I, I hate i hate it when people go to aew because at that point i just have to forget they existed i just yeah I, I pulled a I, I pulled a jay white shirt out of my out of my closet the other day and i was just like guess i can start wearing this to work now <laughs> it is I, I i think i have to separate the human from the wrestler in those scenarios like i hope i want will Ospreay the human if he wants to go to aw and he wants to make me money and it helps him have a better relationship with his his uh you know his partner and his stepchild if that's what he wants then more power to him but me as a fan of will Ospreay the wrestler i never want to see that dude leave new japan yeah, I don't want to see him leave New Japan. I don't want to see him take any time off the British scene, like anything like that, man. It, I just, I, I would miss him too much. It would hurt. It would hurt my soul. Um, yeah, this match might have been, like you said, probably the weakest of the of the matches. But I mean, 
the like you said, the worst Shingo and Osprey matches. Definitely better than a day of digging ditches for sure. Uh, afterwards, Chris Jericho does the Chris Jericho things. Comes out with a mask on, like we didn't know that it was. Oh, oh, who is that giant who, who could dickhead under the a, same bushy bushy mask? mask. <laughs> I was like, well, it's either Chris Jericho or Dick Togo at this point. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's never, it's never Bushi. It's never Bushi. It's, oh, it's weird, isn't it? Um, I did. I did have at one point uh, the dudes in front of me, the hardcore country chanter guys. I heard the the one lean over to him and he goes, he goes, Chris Jericho just showed up in Rev Pro. And I was like, oh, fuck, that is a thing, isn't it? Yeah, that is that sentence is absolutely absurd. I, I kept on sound on the way home. I was like, how have we gotten to the point? Where Chris Jericho is in a Revolution Pro Wrestling ring. Oh man, what a moment! What a moment for the history of fucking Rev Pro, yeah, and possibly even British wrestling in general. Like, just what a what a absolute banger of a weekend. Um, so thoughts on the show as a whole? I think it it was a special occasion, man. It was so fun to be in that crowd. Um, like I don't, there, there's nothing on that list that will be on my match of the year list. I don't think there's anything that I'll necessarily remember in ring long term, but I'm going to remember the moments. I'm going to remember that Shibata entrance that that's ingrained in my mind. I'm going to remember the pop for Sky Blue because that was just so unexpected and a great way to kick off the show. I'm going to remember hating anyone who chanted hardcore country <laughs> deep in my soul. After uh, the first three minutes, maybe. Yeah, and like I'm gonna, you know, the the, Os- the reaction for Osprey, and when his music stopped f- finished, and the music goes, oh spray, oh spray, and the crowd mm. continued it. The smile on that boy's face, yeah. he couldn't believe it. I-, I was hoping that would happen all in. It didn't happen. Um, but yeah, like that, that was just such a special moment, like for Rev Pro, like you know, Andy coming out eleven years to the day as well. Like, what's the chances of it falling so so like in such a perfect way? Um. Yeah, I, I've got a special place in my heart for Red Pro. They introduced me to independent pro wrestling. Will Ospreay was on the first show I ever went to. And now, you know, I get to have stupid DM conversations with the man. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it, I, it, just Revolution Pro Wrestling changed my perception of wrestling entirely. I, I was WWE pilled. I didn't know WWE wrestling existed outside of WWE until I discovered Revolution Pro Wrestling. So I credit them for a lot. Uh, you know, so to be there for that night, to have over 4,000 people, their biggest show, it's just special. All right. Well, I I agree with everything you said, man. It was a it was a moment for me. I think uh, it may not be the best match I've ever seen live, but I think seeing Shingo and Will uh, in person was probably my my favorite wrestling experience. Uh, that was pretty fantastic. Um, let's go ahead, and we're going to move on, and we're going to I'm going to have you read the tea leaves. And prognosticate <laughs> a little bit, okay? Get your tarot cards out, whatever you need to do. Next, uh, the next event at the Copper Box, Royal Quest Three. We we have a tease for Will versus Zach for the uh, US UK uh, Transcontinental uh, Title, whatever whatever they want to call it. If this is the the rebirth of the white belt. Exactly. Yeah. If, if it's the rebirth of the white belt, I don't care what they call it. I don't care how they get there. If it all ends up, if all roads lead to the Intercontinental Championship, I'm all aboard. Absolutely. Is there anything else you'd like to see? I mean, some of the people that are uh, booked for the show already, you know, Yoda Suji making his way back. Uh, Ishii, of course, I think Naito's on there. Like, what are you hoping to see at the next show? This uh, Royal Quest? 
You know, I think it's difficult at the moment. Okay, actually, simple answer. Stardom. Put some Stardom tunnels oh. on this card. Defend. Get Mayu Itani over. Get Julia over. Let them... Get them both over. Let them both defend their titles. I'll be a happy boy. I'll be, I'll be is, over the moon. This is a... Uh, uh, we love, love, love Julia on this on this podcast. Oh, so man. that would be absolutely fantastic. It's, it's, well, she, she, it's, it'll be a homecoming of sorts for the woman, man. She's got... You know, she's she's part British. You know, the, Zack Sabre, Julia. There's a reason those two teamed up. Um, mm-hmm. Man, I'd like to get her, get her over, defend that strong women's championship. Um, but I think the difficulty now is, is that there's not many on the New Japan roster that haven't come over to the UK at some point, whether it be through Rev Pro or whether it be through Royal Quest 1 or Royal Quest 2. So I think for me now, it is certainly the matches. Uh, like I wanted, Sh- I, I hadn't met Shingo. I hadn't seen Shingo wrestle uh, outside of Japan before. But now, thankfully, we had the Rev Pro show. Um, so, you know, that's one ticked off the list. Um yeah, I think I don't think we get Sonata defending the title. Um, I think that he's in the tag match of some variety, shape, or form. You know, uh, Naito and Suji versus Sonata, and you know another member of just five guys, perhaps. Um, I'd say Zach versus Will Ospreay is obviously set in stone. I don't think they tease that without, you know, New Japan aren't going to tease something like that if it's not going to come to fruition. Kind of um, puts the uh, kibosh on the Yoda Suji train, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does exactly. I, I I'm surprised they did do it, but of course, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. is keeping kayfabe. You know, keep hold of the belt, and I'll challenge you for Royal Quest Three. Um, but yeah, I think you know the dream is Shibata in a New Japan ring, but obviously, if they haven't done that in Japan past Wrestle Kingdom sixteen, uh, you know, I doubt I doubt we get a Royal Quest. Um. But yeah, I think, you know, you've got a solid base announced. Naito, Sonata, Shingo, Suji, Will, Ishii, Zack, Tanahashi. Um, you know, the majority of them were on Royal Quest last year. Uh, I think they all were, except for a Suji. And... Suji showed up at Royal Quest. Oh, Suji, of course he did. But yeah, yeah he, he was, still, he was the Young Ishii. Lion. Yep. Shing- Shingo wasn't on it last year. No. I think Shingo's the only new addition so far. So it'd be nice to get some new faces. But I think the only way you get new faces now is, yeah, you get a you get a stardom guys on it. That's fucking what a call. What a call, dude. Good good job. Um, so I think I have to go back and watch Royal Quest One, but I re- I remember after the match, Sonata was challenging Okada for the title. Yep. And I believe he said, once we come back here, I will be world champion. And no way did he kind of fucking weird. No I, way. I, I swear that's what he said. And I think it might have been something like Next time I see England, I'll be the champion or whatever. But I, I believe that it actually I'll... came out. When I come here, I will be champion. Oh, and... sorry, saying he's not talking about London. He's talking about the Copper Box. So you can, yeah. Royal Quest 2, he might have been there, but that wasn't the Copper Box. That's right. That's right. So uh, that's pretty cool. Let's go on to the next one. Okay. Let's think about RevPro 12th anniversary show. What are you what are you hoping to see from RevPro as a whole? Not necessarily what matches, but like what sort of vibe? Where do you want the where do you want RevPro to be next year? Okay, I'm gonna go to the same well. You know, they've talked about stardom on their Q they do the Friday QA, of course. They said pre-pandemic they were close to having stardom guys over. Um, and stardom guys just they 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 are pretty isolated. Uh, you know, they don't do much. They don't do anything outside of in of their main promotion in Japan. Uh, you know, we're kind of seeing Utami Hayashishita went to GCW. That was really cool. Of course, now uh, Julia's appearing on New Japan Strong shows in America. Um, so hopefully that connection can get built. Um, and of course, they've got the CMLL 
relationship now. They've got this show happening in Manchester that's a joint CMLL show. So hopefully, you know, we get some of that. I think the difficulty now, with All In as well, when they announced Wembley Stadium again, I just think this was, this all felt special. Like, it all felt like a one-off. And I think you've instantly, not, not that this weekend is diminished, but next year it won't feel as special. So I don't know that RevPro can run a copper box again. I think they can run a decent-sized venue, but I don't know that they get 4,000 people into a venue again off the back of All In being in town because it was all such a special occasion and it was all just, it, it all clicked and it was all, it all fell right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, a year is such a long time, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, Kose Fuchsia's IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, perhaps Ryohei Oi was returned from nowhere and he's top dog in New Japan. Um, and we're all bust, biting it a bit to see, you know, them come over. Do you know who I do want to come over actually? Of the current roster is Bolton Oleg. I love that man. Absolutely, uh, dude. Get him, give him a match at Royal Quest Three, please, and that that will make the week. That will make the show for me. I would love that so much. Oh my gosh, the dude is a—he's an absolute hoss. He's just country strong. Right? He's a freak. I love in it. the best way. In the best way. In the best way at all. Um. Okay. Finally, you're gonna have to really think on this one. This is something that Rafe and I have done with a couple of our of our guests. Uh, normally we do it on our pre-show where we keep it on um, keep it on Patreon, but I'm going to ask you this because we're not recording anything for Patreon this week, uh, you and I. So, if you could run a wrestling show anywhere in the world, you get three matches. Anybody in their prime, give it. Oh to man, where do you have Jesus, it? this is a lot <laughs> to a just lot. to can, um for me. Wow. I can give you I can give you mine if you want like an example. Yeah, go on. Okay, so mine was I want it in Trafalgar Square. <laughs> what? I want it in Trafalgar Square. Literally the just in match, the square. Open in the air. square. Oh in the God. square. I want uh so the first match would be Oku versus Okan so that my wife would come. The, <laughs> the second match I want to I want a walk and brawl between uh Bruiser Brody and Big Van Vader all over Trafalgar Square up into the fucking museum. <laughs> Third match, Tetsuya Naito versus Eddie Guerrero. Oh my god, that okay. is a so crazy dream match. I lost. That's one. that's my that's my perfect show. <sighs> god. Um. Okay. I'll, I'll Rafe was in a Lawson station. That's where he, where he wanted his. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Suzuki is wrestling on a bullet train, like in the very near future. Um, <laughs> I've seen D that movie, DDT, and they've sold it out. Uh, they've sold out the bullet train. Um, it's like 12 seats. It's not a big deal. <laughs> um, okay. God, this is a lot of pressure, Ray, in with no thinking time. Uh, all right. I want Shibata involved, obviously. Probably Shibata versus like a Tenryu or a Takayama. Oh, I love Tenryu. Like, Angry old man Tenryu from like yes. 1997. Exactly. Yeah. Like some, some of my favorite wrestling is a young, brash dickhead Kenta. Just getting his shit kicked yes. in by barons. Yeah. Just like young Noah Kenta, just trying to fight Kabashi, trying to fight Takayama, trying to fight Tenryu, and they just cave his fucking skull in at some point. They just get, they're just like enough of this little prick. Um, uh, so yeah, I'll go Shibata versus Tenryu. I know they had a match once upon a time, but you know, prime Shibata and old man Tenryu, not prime Tenryu, pissed off old man Tenryu. Yes. Um, who else am I going for? Who are some of my favorite wrestlers? Uh, who would be a good opponent for Zack Saber Jr.? Ooh, um, Bret Hart. Uh, maybe I'm gonna. I'm, I'm, my my Western knowledge has just gone to shit in years. 
recent though because i'm just so fixated on japan um dude this is too much pressure uh <laughs> see that's the thing is you don't want to think about it ahead of time there's you too much there's, like, this... there's too much okay we'll go kenta kobashi versus kenta Ko- prime kobashi parmo Okada. oh okay all right that breaks this the is this is like 700 day champion okada this this breaks the melter scale okay um and then last do you know what that night of Eddie Guerrero match is unreal that right is... I could just see I could just see Naito's like tranquilo shit pissing Eddie Guerrero oh. off so much how entertaining would that be that's fantastic man um right last match who do I adore uh you're you're you have to leave someone off you have to leave someone off yeah. I, I left I left Liger off of mine oh, because I couldn't yeah. see a place Liger. to fit him in uh Okay, we're gonna go Zack Saber Jr. Oh wait, wait, wait. Let's go Manami Toyota. Yes. Versus Mayu Iwatani. Oh I'm, I'm just gonna go for the two goats, the current goat and the all-time goat. Uh, as for a location, uh <laughs> I wanna say like in my flat. Um that, that, <laughs> that sounds very that sounds very selfish. Um Tokyo Dome is a great venue to be in, but all the noise goes up and you lose it. I wanna I, I wanna say Corico and Hall, but that just sounds like a cop out. Um I'll just say I'll say Corico and Hall and I'm gonna try to think of something before we wrap this up. Somewhere better. <laughs> somewhere somewhere more original. Go put, put it on the what you were playing football earlier today. Put it on your football pitch. Oh man. I I thought of that. I was gonna say the Valley chart on a flex stadium. Um but yeah, no, I don't think it's deserving of that with the state we're in at the moment. Oh um, yeah, I've I've got a friend at work who's a Charlton Athletic fan, and he's oh, really? he's constantly like, "Oh my god, shit the bed again this week." Yeah, well, so. we we won today at least. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, I mean, not your cool. Maybe just like some kind like the two two nine or the cockpit, just some kind of really proper in them venue where you're on top of the action. Copper box is like that. You're on top of it in copper box as well. There, there's not a bad seat in copper yeah, box. If you're on any of the the arch shit, yeah, but definitely those matches, and I'll go with a cop out Corrigan Hall. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right on well uh that should probably be the end of it man do you want to give a give a final shout out to your socials and anything else like that yeah of course you can follow me on twitter at kieran rh93 i should have mentioned it on the top as well i work with uh, wrestle in at wrestle i double n we do loads of podcasts loads of interviews we've got cool stuff on the patreon i do podcasts i do video content um interviews galore we recently had a first we well in the past couple of months we've had two first ever english interviews one with micah from uh, stardom and another one with Chie Koshikawa from Choco Pro slash Gato Move. Uh, you know, I, I've interviewed Gray Khan in the past. I've interviewed Will Ospreay in the past, trying to arrange another one with Will Ospreay. Uh, trying to arrange an interview with Gabe Kidd uh, at the moment. Um, if you're an AEW fan, Lee Moriarty, uh, I'll hopefully get that one over the fence. AEW are just very difficult. Um, but yeah, no, uh, at WrestleIn, IWN, lots and lots of cool stuff, uh, especially if you like your Japanese wrestling. Uh, if you like WWE, don't come to us. <laughs> and you can check out noob japan that you used to do you could pick check out That's one on about Patreon. masahiro chono that one uh, featured uh-huh. me yeah one of our that was the most well laid out one by far usually it's just jumping all over the place and curtis came on and it was so methodical and in order from beginning to the end of chono's career i love I, lo- I love that like the so masahiro chono was born in 19 and you were like uh-oh <laughs> I, I was like damn like I usually say it and people are just like, they just go off on crazy tangents because everyone's so excited to speak about the people. But Curtis, you know, had it so well structured. 
it, it was awesome. But yeah, that one's free on Noob Japan. Just search Wrestle In wherever you get your podcast. Um, and you can check out Curtis talking all about Masahiro Chono and schooling me on the greatness that is Chono. He's just the best. He's just the coolest dude in the world. Okay, well, uh, thank you very much, Karen, for all of the uh, information and the the insight that you've thrown in about this show. It was a great time. It was great seeing you again. Uh, great talking to you here on the show. I can't wait to see you at the next Your Call show. Um, we'll rub elbows there. Um, you, you got, you're going to be at Royal Quest, right? Oh, yeah, I'm going to be at Royal Quest. What, oh, yeah, what we'll section did you get? Quest. Uh, I'm like front row. So as you've got the entrance ramp, I'm front row and then the two seats next to the ramp. I got I lucked out big time with the seats I got. Yeah, you did. Holy I can't cow. wait to take my fuck TV Asahi sign. Uh, <laughs> they won't be able, they won't be able to stop me. Gift this fuckers. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got I got like row six or seven in the one oh fours just so I can get a oh, good yeah, TV look. Your your that I kind of regretted my seats at uh, Rev Pro because whilst I had a great views for the entrances for the matches, I was kind of ducking and diving trying to look around heads. Whereas yeah. if you're if you're in those rafters at Copper Box, man, you're loving life. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, so let, uh, let's go ahead and say thank you again for Kieran. Uh, we'll see you again soon. Thanks for coming on and uh, spreading the love and uh, giving us a lot of insight about New Japan and, and uh, the RevPro British scene in, in general. Uh, if you'd like to hear more uh, from our sister shows, you can check out my show, The Throwing Dice Podcast, where I talk about tabletop wargaming, tabletop role-playing, and all of the hobby that's fit to hobby within those sort of things. If you'd like to hear more from Rafe, you can check out his other show, The Faces and Feels Cast, where he talks to various independent wrestlers and gets to know them on a personal level. Uh, if you would like to hear more from our sister shows, Hot Friends, you can check out the Count Out Podcasting Network, where you can see shows like uh, Your Daily Dose of Death, um, and you can see Ring Post Radio. You can see lots of other shows where you get any kind of wrestling you could possibly imagine. Stardom Road is one that maybe Kieran might be into. Stardom Road is a, a great Trent, show. One, in the... one Up Culture's on that, right? Trent, doesn't he guest on it from occasion? I'm sure. I think so. I'm sure. I don't, who's, I who's, the, I who's, who's, the host, who's the host of Stardom Road? Is it oh. Scott? Is Scott the host of Stardom Road? Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Trent's yes. been on it. Trent's my boy. Trent's another Aussie. Shout out to the Aussies. <laughs> <laughs> we love the Aussies here in yes. the uh, count out. Uh, so, if you'd like to hear more from them, please feel free to check out all those shows for free, or you can go to patreon.com slash countoutpod, and for five American dollar dues a month, you can check out extra content from all of our shows, not just this one, but every show on the Countout Podcasting Network. Uh, you can listen, uh, I'm sorry, you can find, <laughs> god damn it, I'm fucking this up, <laughs> you can find... Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at eldestructo83. You can find Rafe on Instagram and Twitter at facesfeelscast. And um, at this point, I think it's time to just say, please rate, please subscribe, listen or die, keep it right, keep it tight, and keep it short. Go!
This has been a Count Out Podcast. Ring Post Radio is the only show hosted by Ryan Knight and Scotty Edwards that talks about the entire world of professional wrestling. With new episodes coming out every Sunday, there is absolutely no reason to not listen to real, honest wrestling opinions from two crazy maniacs. Have a hot boy summer and listen along to Ring Post Radio every Sunday on the Count Out Network.